Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. They have won the Rachel Hayhoe Trophy. Straight into the hands of the man on the mid-wicket boundary. Another one down. Welcome to Storylines, the women's cricket podcast, and we have our day four women's test review. And well, it has been a roller coaster of a day. Thank you to everyone who sent in questions. We'll be discussing those in just a bit. You can get in touch with us on at Storylines Pod on Twitter or Instagram. I'm Melissa Story, joined by Nikki Chowdhury. Afternoon, all. How are we? We're good. Oh, at least I hope we're good. I'm not sure England are too good, but we'll get into that. And we're also joined by producer Matt. Hey guys, good to have the whole gang back together for the first time this test. So as things currently stand, I mean, when I say a lot has happened today, truly a lot has happened because Australia resumed the day 82 for none with Beth Mooney and Phoebe Litchfield batting together. Everyone was going, you know, England, they're out of the depth here. There's no way they're really going to pull things back. But... Sophie Eccleston, yet again, stealing the show, essentially has flipped this game round. And now, Talia McGrath and Ashley Gardner for the Australia have essentially flipped it back. So the tables keep turning. We'll break into all of that with a few listener questions to get, to get kicked off. The first of which happened a little earlier today, Nikki. I wanted to talk about Lauren Filer to begin with, because we've discussed her a lot with these daily podcasts. And we, we, we got a question in from Yosef, who is a, a keen listener to the show. So thank you, Yosef. And he's just said, essentially, how good a find has she been? She's dismissed Elise Perry twice in this test match. I know it must be absolutely sensational, that feeling to get someone as great as Elise Perry. She's had a great test match and what a find for England. Obviously, she's got that pace as well, what they need. Yes. I mean, I, I should have mentioned, as things currently stand, England were chasing down a target of 268. They're currently 110 for five. So Australia certainly seemed to be on the charge now. There was always that worry in the back of the mind of going, 
you know, they're going to show the real Australia at some point in this test, and they certainly have now. But, you know, England had had a bit of a, a ropey test with the ball so far in the first innings, and seeing Lauren Filer and Sophie Eccleston and, and Kate Cross even come back in, in that third innings, Nikki, and, and bowl with... It seemed like a plan for the first time in the test that England were going, it's a slow, low pitch, we need to target the stumps. And there didn't seem to be that kind of plan in in England's first bowling innings. No, it didn't seem to be. And I feel like today they kind of had it together a little bit more. As you mentioned, you've been very lucky today, by the way, with you were on air for Eccleston's uh, 10 wickets as well. And then yesterday, Tammy Beaumont's 200. I feel like you're the lucky charm. I think you're going to be put on all day on the rotor next time. Well, see, you say this and I was thinking, yeah, I've, I've you know, had the privilege to call some big moments. But I think I may have also taken around eight or nine wickets for the Australians. Because three fell when I was on air just recently. So essentially the Ashes almost walked away from England whilst I was on air. And if that's not a bad luck curse, then I'm not sure what is. You win some, you lose some, eh? (laughs) Just to add about you saying how you felt that England had really got it together today, Nikki. And Melissa, you mentioned that they were sort of almost mimicking Australia in that ruthlessness. England took their wickets in clusters today. First innings, we didn't see that. It was very sort of regular wickets, but... Coming back after this morning, we had a burst of three wickets, a burst of three wickets, and a burst of three wickets, like three mini collapses to end the Australian innings. And do you think that just shows England learned from their mistakes in the first innings of when they took the wicket, they didn't keep their foot on the gas? I'd I'd say so. I mean, you know, there's been a lot of instances where, as you say, England's got a breakthrough on this wicket, which we know is a batter's paradise. And then, you know, when the pressure should then be being applied and the field should be squeezing, they've they've kept fielders out in the deep. And Australia have been guilty of this as well. And you're suddenly going, hang on a second, you know, you're you're giving a freebie to a batter who's new in the middle. Whilst if you, you know, look at today and, for example, a quite funny situation where Australian captain Alyssa Healy was carded to come in at six. She ended up moving herself down to eight because there was the risk that she could be getting her fourth Ashes test duck in a row, which most people would be very terrified of. So she puts herself down to eight and England were were brilliant at, you know, making sure she knew that she could be on for a, a double pair. I'm not even sure what that would be. And they were so tight in the field and, you know, she eventually did go on to make a, a half century because she batted extremely well. But there wasn't that almost just, oh, we've got a wicket now. Oh, back to normal. No, you've got a wicket. You know, you've got to now almost put put the pedal down and, and make the most of it. Because as you say, Matt, wickets have fallen in clusters in this game. It's, it's happened in both innings. It, it's unfortunately for England fans happened now with the wickets of, of Emma Lamb, Nat Siver Brunt and Heather Knight falling in very quick succession. Our next listener question, which we have been sent, is a, a bit more of a funny one. We're going to, as we say, already spoke about Sophie Eccleston, but let's speak about her a bit more. Alex Clark has sent us a tweet saying, should the Sophie Eccleston statue be built in Nottingham or Manchester? I think she'll probably um, say both, right? <laughs> like, why not? <laughs> Definitely both. I mean, it was remarkable. Uh, Phil Long, who's our scorer today, was saying that she is, I think, the fourth spinner um, in test matches, men's or women's, to take a tenth foot at Trent Bridge. And, you know, she we've spoken for days about how concerned we are about her workload. And I'm not sure, you know, at any point whether it was England saying or Heather Knight saying keep bowling or whether Eccleston was saying give me the ball, I want to keep bowling. 
but she she was absolutely magical today and she's bowled I think the second most overs a woman has ever bowled in the test match for England today yeah it's absolutely spectacular and also the last cricketer to take more than five wickets in each innings of a women's test match was actually Jalunga Swami back in 2006 against England at Wormsley so it's been a long time it's been incoming and she's really taken the stage by storm today and if Eccleston goes on to play as many games as Julangaswamy, then we're in for an absolute treat because, you know, when you think of legends of the game, Julang is up there. You know, I remember being at Lords when she bowled her her 10,000th delivery and it was such an amazing moment seeing her, you know, retire at the home of cricket walking off. Brilliant. So Sophie Eccleston, she's only what, 22, 23? She's got another 10 plus years in her. I'm backing her to go on to 40 like Jimmy Anderson. (laughs) Yeah, she's got a long way to go and it's just the beginning. So that's really exciting. My only kind of thought when she was bowling, though, I guess, and obviously this was at the start of the game where Mooney and Litchfield were, were going along nicely, was how much longer should England have bowled her? Because, you know, workload, it's been a big topic. At the time, there was two left handers in the middle so whether her bowling and its effectiveness was being muted a little bit by those two left-handers and I I posed this question and it very rudely got interrupted by a wicket so I never got an answer so I'm going to you for an answer Nikki at a certain point obviously in hindsight it's easy to answer differently but I kind of thought that four overs in a T20 of course the T20s start only four days after the end of this test match Four overs from Sophie Eccleston in a test in a T twenty, I argued, was actually more important than her going on for ten more overs in the test. Because if Eccleston bowls, you know, gets you three for fifteen in a T twenty, she changes the game absolutely. Whilst bowling ten extra overs in the test, that could be three from Knight, three from Dunkley, three from Wyatt potentially. You know, yes, it's paid off. She has got wickets, but we don't know what long term damage that may have done. I agree with you to a certain extent, but then again, Eccleston has been the key wicket taker. And again, with test cricket, you could be bowling other people, but the risk of going for too many runs with such limited bowling options, it's probably worth it as well. Because again, the way we discussed yesterday, the way the points are actually spread out for this women's Ashes series, this test actually has such a big influence on the results so i think it's worth the gamble we took it all we brought them to our land an endless night ember hot and icy cold the rage of the earth we made this curse carved it in the blood on our backs we did not see we could not but she did and in the end what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, 
Our next question we've been sending on Twitter at Storylines Pod is from Daniel Eckersley. And he said, have we seen much evidence of the much vaunted John Ball slash Lewis Ball or potentially Trev Ball? There's plenty of words going around in this match. Or have we just seen a good solid cricket on a largely flat pitch? That's an interesting one. Nikki, your thoughts? I think we've just seen some really good cricket. There's no doubt about the quality of both teams. And I think in particular, Sophie Eccleston's really shown her skill and how great she is with the ball for England. But then again, looking at Australia, they are a ruthless side. They know what they want. They're here to achieve something and they're not going to go back without it. So I think when you put two teams head to head with such high skill levels, you are going to be in for a good game be it if it's on a flat track. And yes, if the wicket was slightly spicier, then I think it would have been a bit more of an interesting competition because that really does take it on then at that point. If the wicket's starting to do much or a little bit, then really how great or strong your batting lineup is or the skill of your bowlers really comes into play even more so. So, of course, the other big topic in this test has been that it's been five days and we have been begging for five-day tests for so long and this game just proving Nikki that you know it's essential we've had so many draws after draws and they've been weather affected of course we can't control the weather but as shown in the men's first ashes test at Edgebaston where they essentially had an entire day rained off they still were able to get a result because of those five days so you know do you think this test match is going to create a bit of a legacy are we going to see more five-day test matches after this? Obviously, with the extra day being available, you are likely to see more of a result and both teams with what's at stake will be going for a result as well because it does give them that advantage going ahead into the T20s and the ODIs. But in terms of test cricket, more women's test cricket, I think, yes, it would be great to see. But then again, that's a whole new debate because you can't just toss someone with the ball who's been playing 50 over cricket or T20 cricket and say, you know what, actually next week you're going to play five days worth of cricket and you're probably going to be bowling 50 overs. Like, that needs to come systematically. systematically. So I think that's an entire different, like, conversation because it would be great to see, but it needs to happen from grassroots. People and players need to get used to actually playing that longer format, be it Maybe not everyone is a longer format player, but then you've got a wider pool of players to choose from. You you can give people more opportunity. Some people might be better suited to bat longer periods of time rather than go at 150, 200 strike rate. But I think I heard uh, uh, Catherine Skeverbrunt say on air today that she's not actually 100% sure the likelihood of more women's test matches occurring or happening because... The fascination seems just to be on women's white ball cricket. So she doesn't think that's really going to happen. Yes, it's great. But how much of an, of an initiative are people going to take to want to see more of it? Yeah, I, I found her comments really interesting because a lot of people who have either followed women's test cricket for a while, who have got, you know, drawn in through this test match have been going change the ashes format you know women's ashes three t20s three odis three tests which not only sounds incredibly intense but of course as we were saying you know then asking players to do three tests in the summer or you know an increased number there has to be that kind of domestic structure there's got to be you know to begin with at least three day 
domestic games. And if you obviously think it's brilliant, there's there's more money going into the women's game. But this season was the first season where teams were able to field fully professional 11s. If a bit more money is going into the domestic women's game, where do you think it wants to be put? Does it want to be put into improving and increasing the player salaries so that players who are currently on, you know, 21,000 can go up a little bit more and suddenly compete with, you know, the average UK living wage or are they going to go actually we're going to put that money into playing more multi-day format games but the players will be paid the same some players may come back to that and say hang on a second if I'm a good t20 player I'm going to get picked up in the women's premier league I'm going to be getting paid you know seven six seven times more than I would be getting paid in the hundred or as my domestic player salary so why should I be focusing on these three-day games I'm a good t20 player as you say so I think I think a balance has to be struck between making sure that the, the money which is going into the women's domestic game, that small amount trickling through, which hopefully becomes a bit bigger, it is going to be a tough balance between needing to pay players more because, yes, they are professional, but those, those salaries need to go up. And how happy will they be about some of that money being pushed into the, you know multi-format domestic games? I'm not an administrator at all, so I don't know how any of that works. But, you know, it's very easy to say, for sure, let's set up some more three-day cricket in, in women's domestic cricket. How are you doing that? You know, where are you playing these games? There is such a busy structure of cricket in the men's game now, which there's tons of complaints coming in about as well. Where are you fitting those three-day games in? And if you're playing them, you know, midweek or at, or at club grounds, are those then good enough pitches for players who want to then go on and, and represent their country so many questions Nikki oh I don't know where to start now you've lost me well I think initially it depends on what the big picture is what is your long-term vision with this is it just a quick fire element or are you looking to develop the game holistically as a whole and actually provide more opportunities and develop the standard of cricket as well I think yes if you are a t20 specialist you've got loads of opportunities so that, of course, goes without saying. And as a player, you've got a limited span as well of how long your career is going to be. So you're going to look to capitalise on your opportunities you get and take them, be it Big Bash or be it Women's Premier League, um, to go play the shorter format. But then again, in terms of having the opportunity to put the money, A, towards paying players more or towards investing in the grassroots and actually making test cricket or red ball cricket a bit more of a prominent factor in the women's game I think in terms of salaries personally in the corporate world in anywhere else you get based on performance so I think in terms of you'd have a base level but I don't see you just having more money and you can like give all the players a salary increment because you're now a professional player I think if you're going to give a salary increment you give it based on performances so that a people have to earn it as well i think you need to give that initiative and that incentive as well but then again there needs to be a certain base salary that's actually going to attract people to decide on choose to play women's cricket as a career because if you're just going to come out and be on 21k it's not sustainable you won't get a mortgage with that so you're going to look at your own future and career ahead of you that's also another thing how can I attract people into the game but I need to not compromise on the quality of cricket just handing out contracts left right and center and make sure the standard of cricket 
and the players we produce to go represent England is of a high quality, but we are able to compete with the likes of an Australia and India at par and not compromise there. I mean, it's, it's similar to the debate in the men's at the moment with players like Will Smee choosing to just play white ball cricket at such a young age because actually the appeal of those white ball salaries are, are so much higher than saying, actually, I'm going to be a county cricketer, I'm going to commit to red ball cricket. Because if you don't make it necessarily to that England setup, is there that financial incentive to stay? It, it, it's a tough one and we could talk about this for ages, but I want to get on to our predictions for day five, Nikki. The game's set up nicely. England need another 152 more runs to win. They're five down already. Who's in the the driving seat here? I'm going to have to say Australia in the driving seat. I think England really need to hustle tomorrow, dig deep, because obviously, yes, everyone wants to win, but there is no harm in having a draw as well, though, because points-wise, you're putting more pressure on yourself. And the whole way the new brand of English cricket is we actually don't really want to put much pressure on ourselves. We want to go out, be free. So I do think Australia are in the driver's seat as well because looking at how they've gone with England's second innings, England are currently five down, right? So it's definitely Australia in the driver's seat and we're going to have to see some absolutely sensational grafted knocks from England, from Wyatt and Cross into tomorrow, at least into tomorrow afternoon, to perhaps give them that opportunity to think, actually, maybe we can go for it, or if not... We'll block it out and we will play for the draw. But Australia are going to be ruthless. Australia, if they get another wicket early on tomorrow morning, they are going to go all guns blazing. Well, funny you mention Kate Cross, who's in as night watcher. Now, if she wins the game for England, I could not have seen that one coming because she's had a bit of a shocker with the ball. She then bowled the ball of the game. She's dropped a few catches. She's dislocated her thumb. So it only makes sense for night watcher Kate Cross to come in and win the game. That's my prediction, at least. We can't wait to bring you our day five review on our podcast tomorrow. Make sure to tune into that and send us any questions you'll have by the end of the test at Storylines Pod on Twitter or Instagram. But for now, Matt, thank you. Nikki, thank you. To everyone who's listened, thank you. And we'll see you all tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over a hundred social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.